朝のピーピー繰り返す話題どうでもいい今日の占い聞き流し前メニューコール昨日のライブその後トークテルモダンサー終えるから LINE のアプリ持ってるとか聞かれたけどさなんかね飲んだけど名前なんだっけくだらない話ダラダラしながら準備も終えも行かなきゃ Head is studio life いつものルーティン大都会の中ちょっと寂しいが楽しんでるはず好きな曲聴きまた立ってるバスこんなもんだろうとか思ってた次のバスデイで会った girl すぐに気づいたこれ恋に落ちるただきっかけとかなきゃキモいとか Think too much この気持ち I feel like find a way 君と見えない壁いっそ飛び越えたいけど距離にめまい Tell me 名前知りたいことばっかでもう抑えられない Take a chance Take a chance 昨日は結局何もゲットできずベッドに倒れ過ごしてたポケットナンパなんてきっと振り向かない何気なく見た朝の占い別に信じてないけど煽ってみるブルーのジャケット根拠なくてもちょっと期待するもし二度目があるならしないする楽しんでる俺家を出る時間も昨日に合わせ待ち受けるって夢見すぎたドラマ今日はあのパステにすら止まんない手がつかないスタジオバッグ切り上げ帰る手に夕食のマークこんなもんだろうとか思って乗った下りのバスで会えた girl すぐに気づいたこれ恋に落ちるただきっかけとかなきゃキモいとか Think too much この気持ち I feel like find a way 君と見えない壁いっそ飛び越えたいけど距離にめまい Tell me 名前知りたいことばっかでもう抑えられない Take a chance Take a chance もしシャザムみたいなアプリがあれば君の名前もダウンロードもし財布とか落とせばすんなり聞ける君の番号もしシャザムみたいなアプリがあれば君の名前もダウンロードもし財布とか落とせばすんなり聞ける君の番号すいませんすいませんあのちょっと名前聞いてもいいですかえあはい夏です
I guess we will not quite have time for all the songs today, but we do to my uh, mistake of being late to the show, so I'm sorry to you guys about that. And next up, we have Scientifically Speaking, so just hold on a few minutes, and the next show will come up right away. If you like J Explosion, then make sure to check out our Facebook page. I will be updating the playlist today, and uh, I have been always uh, accepting requests, so if you want to hear your song on J Explosion, feel free to send it to me. J Explosion signing off. Next up will be Scientifically Speaking.
This is Honus from Man Man. This is the song Loop My Body from Anoni Pond, our record that you don't own. <laughs> Never 
ladies and gentlemen. We are scientifically speaking for universities. Educational scientist. Zach, put the fucking food. Are you kidding what? me right now? You're eating. No food in the studio. I can't hear any. Oh, yes, I can. Oh, there's right. There's no food in the studio. Well, yeah, but no, don't continue. <laughs> away. Are you kidding me right now? He tries to eat it Jesus all Christ. really quickly. I got all my stomach. You know what, Zach? I hope you get a parasite. <gasps> Whoa. Doob. You know what we should talk about today? That was atrocious. Let's talk about that was the best segue we've ever had. Let's I talk think. about uncooked meat. Don't, don't pretend that that was not the best segue we've ever had. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the itchiest, grossest, most uncomfortable topic of all today, parasites. I'm just going to be squirming in the corner the whole time. Shane said he's just going to like squeal in the background. That's like most of Shane's job today. <laughs> he's a squealer. We all know that. Do we know Do that? We? Yeah, I just Also, so. special, we have a guest host today. Taylor is joining us yet again. Say hi to the folks, Taylor. Hi, folks, Taylor. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> Last time you heard her, she was talking about sex, so she's back for the second most important Talk, topic that we've ever done. Um, hey, yeah. Parasites. Sex and parasites. That's what I'm about. Really? That's, <laughs> that defines your entire life, would you say? More or less. So you're a sex parasite. Sex parasite, new band name. Okay. It's mine. We've done it. It's <laughs> enough. We can just now I have to start like a million Parasex? bands. Anyone? Okay. Parasites. All right. What are parasites? I don't know. Good question, Zach. <laughs> Parasites are essentially just things that live on other things. On like, or in? But, ah, both. Good. Or it either. can be both. So, there's a section of biology that basically focuses on relationships between different kinds of organisms. So, you have organisms that work together. You have organisms that eat each other and kill each other and stuff, right? That's bad. But there's a certain Us group of organisms. everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> there's a certain group of organisms called parasites. And what these are is basically it just defines a relationship between two organisms, one being a host, meaning that it, the parasite lives on or in the body of the host and causes some trouble, does some things, differs depending on the parasite. Does it, does it have to be bad for the so, host? Yeah. Yes. So, yes. There's something called symbiosis in general, which okay. is just a relationship between two living things. Okay. Um, parasitism is specifically where one of those species benefits at the expense mm. of the other species. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, before we begin, we're going to have to use, we're going to have to introduce you to some terms because there's some weird terms that are used in parasitology, the yeah. study of parasites. Yeah. Um, so, first things first. When we say host, what that means is that's the organism that the parasite lives on or in. So, us. so for example, if you have a tapeworm, you are the host. But and you can remember that because we are the hosts of this radio show. And we also probably have Zach, parasites. I'm going to throw up if you don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> is it because you have a parasite? <laughs> there's something you need to tell Damn us. Damn it. <laughs> okay. So there's different kinds of hosts. Not all hosts are equal. There's a difference between a primary host and an intermediate host. Primary host or like definitive me. host. Stop. You're more of an intermediate Stop. Host, <laughs> <laughs> kick you out. This is my idea. This, this show is my idea, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> so, the definitive host is the best known host in a host-parasite relationship because not all parasites live in a single thing. Some parasites shift hosts. In fact, a lot of most parasites shift hosts. 
They don't mm. always stick in one place. Like, for example, there's things that, what do you do? Stop swallowing your microphone. So I'm using this headphone microphone this time, and it's on one of those bendy things that you, ooh, yeah. you can adjust. <laughs> and I'm trying to get it to the optimal position. And it's to really do that, I have to right bend now. it further yeah. than it actually is. Oh. And so I put it in my mouth a little bit. But I see what you're saying. But also, it didn't help because it's very far away from your face yeah, right yeah, now. Where, I mean, where am I? Oh, that's because I moved it. It's too loud, right? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but that's because it's turned up all the way on the mixer. Yeah. Okay, so is this go a good position? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'll stop moving it. But turn it down on the mixer. It's too loud. Yeah, you're, well, no, it's not too loud. You're, you're, you're clipping. Oh. Okay. Now that we fixed those. I think so. Okay. Yeah, good. Cool. Let us know. By the way, <laughs> Dad, especially you, <laughs> I, you're the only one I know for a fact is listening. So, <laughs> so primary host, back to Mr. Jimmy. De definitive host. It's, like I said, parasites switch around. There's all sorts of parasites that start in one host, live there for a while, and then move on and live in some other host. So the definitive host is the best known host in a host-parasite relationship. <sighs> God damn it, Zach, put the fucking food away. <laughs> It's supposed to be where the parasite reaches maturity. That's usually what a definitive host is, but it's not always the case. The intermediate host harbors a parasite for a time, but eventually the parasite leaves and moves on to the definitive host. There's also something called a paratenic host. And what this is, is it's an unnecessary host. It's a host that the parasite lives in, but no required development of the parasite happens in that host. It's used just to move up the food chain or to grow in numbers or just random chance. Um, then there's difference uh, between parasites who have to be parasites and parasites who don't have to be parasites. Zach, wanna 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 ex wanna explain? What? The difference between obligate and oh, yeah. facultative parasites. So, so obligate parasites, which is pretty much Wait, all. Wait, now you sound about. really far away from the microphone. <laughs> Darn, wiggity. <laughs> you said it was okay. I thought it was. How about now? A little bit more. More. Yeah, good. Uh, maybe. More. That's good. Oh, perfect. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Incredible. It's still kind of, it's like, it's the correct loudness, but it sounds like you're standing on the other side of the room. Oh, so I should put it more. Oh, God. <laughs> He's literally into putting the mouth. microphone okay, into his mouth. Turn it down now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Oh, my God. We're sorry, audience members. There you go. Guys, you're good. we only have an hour. I have three. Um, so. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> go on. Obligate parasites are parasites that require a host to survive. Why, why did you put an H in that word? <laughs> yeah. and you put like seven of them in there. Facultative or facultative? <laughs> I so hope it's facultative. We'll I, say now facultative say, for it's the... Like, it's like the episode on homeopathy where we just continue to call them homeopaths for like the rest of the show. So facultative parasites are not dependent on hosts to survive. So they kind okay. of float a boot, but they use the host whenever they want an advantage about. in production or anything. Yeah. So, Okay. So that like they don't have to be parasitic. Essentially, they just are because they're dicks, or like. <laughs> I mean, it, it provides them with like probably a nice environment to uh, have a few kids, raise them in a safe environment. You know. Yes, folks. For tapeworms, your small intestine is essentially a quiet home in the suburbs with a white picket <laughs> fence. <laughs> Gross. Yes. Awesome. You mean you're Gross. pronouncing that word wrong? <laughs> There's also different kinds of parasites. There's also things called hyperparasitites, which, by the way, is just an awesome name. This means it's essentially it's like a meta-parasite. Parasite. Yes. <laughs> it's parasites who live on or in other parasites. Yay. Are there, like, 
Are there like super hyper hyper paras- hyper, hyper parasites? Hyper hyper parasites. For sure, there are. Nice. They'd probably be called like epi hyper parasites, just for fun to like you know you don't have to use the same word. Uh, endo hyper parasitism is a word. I endo hyper parasitoid is a word I had to use in a class the other day. Endo hyper so it's a parasite. That's when you know you're deep okay. in biology. Yeah. yeah. Let's, okay, <laughs> sure. let's start with parasitoid. What's the difference between that and parasite? So, parasitoid. It's like a parasite, but parasitoids kill the host. They feed off it for a while, but then eventually kill it. So things like parasitoid wasps <laughs> that lay their eggs in caterpillars. Okay. That, they live their parasites I for actually, a while and then kill the host. I've actually heard you use that word all the time and never parasitoid? knew that there was a difference. Yes. I assumed that parasitoid was like parasite-like. Yeah. That's but yeah. exactly like, what it means. Right. But like had no idea that there was that specific distinction. Okay. That's <laughs> good to know. Okay, but so a parasite then specifically doesn't kill its host. A parasite specifically doesn't kill its That's host. That's horrendous. Or at least doesn't try to. It just it, sometimes just it does, <laughs> but not on by purpose. accident. Well, like, thing, it's like it's like if you're living in a house, you don't want right, to set it on fire. Slowly even if even if your house like, yeah. happens to be alive and you living in it is making yeah, Zach, it awful. Okay, I think the house analogy starts to fall apart here. Um, <laughs> this is like well, a gingerbread the- house, you know. <laughs> And there we just, go. Right? You're eating the gingerbread house and it's in your stomach. <laughs> the tapeworm's living inside of that. Is that what you meant? Oh, no. I meant like parasitoid. Like, you know, you slowly eat away your house and then it dies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How is that what you thought we meant? <laughs> All right. So it is for the show, there's a couple different themes we want to focus on. when we Because we're going to be talking about a lot of different parasites that do a lot of different things and live in a lot of different other things. So... We're going to focus on some big themes about parasitism. It's a good thing Dave's so good at like continuing talking while we make sounds. Yeah, because God forbid, because if I didn't, who would? <laughs> so we have these themes. We're going to focus on one thing we're going to focus on is like Look why. Directly at him God, as you take he's literally eating food and just staring me down. <laughs> you huge scumbag. Zach literally didn't know we had a Dunkin' Donuts on College Ave until about five hours ago. Oh, I forgot to bring a donut. I was going to bring one and eat it. You fool. I know. I'll eat one when we get back. Yes, you will. But Yay. don't eat during this show, unlike last week, because this show will actually make you throw up, probably. Uh, no, that's our God. goal. Um, well, we'll see if it happens with me. I have a bad gag reflex. So. <laughs> <laughs> then don't stick the mic in there, you dumbass. Oh. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to puke all over this expensive equipment. Presumably expensive equipment. Um, I mean, it's probably not too expensive. So we're going to focus on some themes during this <laughs> <Yeah>. show, Zach. <laughs> One of the themes we're going to focus on, like, why be a parasite? Why not run around and be free living? Why would you be a parasite? What's the benefits? Mm. Another theme we're going to be focusing on is, like, how do these parasites actually affect their hosts? Now, the final theme we're going to talk about is, like, what requirements does being a parasite come with? Like, what, what do you need to have or be or do to be a parasite? A huge pair of cojones. <laughs> What kind of just, just, just yeah? I, I feel really bad. <laughs> That's I was literally exactly gonna what say, I was doing. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Oh right. man! Let's start off talking about some parasites, guys. What what should we talk about? Tapeworms. First? I love tapeworms. Tapeworms. We have talked about tapeworms. Yeah. We were gonna do this last week on the digestion show, mm-hmm. but uh, we didn't. Nope. So, <laughs> Tapeworms. Tapeworms are really fucking weird. Basically, the reason they're called tapeworms is because they look like tape. They're long, thin worms that can grow up to like 30 feet Uh-oh. and live inside your intestines. Conveniently, like we mentioned last time, that's how long your small intestine is. That's true. <laughs> hey, Zach, you want to know how the tapeworms stay in you? They like bite into the side of your... Sub- I don't know anything. 
Oh God, <laughs> that was so scary. <laughs> Taylor just grabbed my shoulder in a pointy-fingered way. That's that's kind of like hook-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Segway. Bingo. <laughs> that's that was a much better that. segue than <laughs> my starting one. The head of a, the head of a tapeworm is called a scolex, and what it is, it's it's got a bunch of hooks on it. Okay, hold on, look just, a scolex. Yeah, <laughs> that is the most badass name for a Dude, biological thing. Literally, ever. everything about tapeworms just has a really cool name. <laughs> So, Perfect. We have the Skolex, and it's just a head with a bunch of hooks on it, and they just <laughs> ram their heads into the side of your intestine to stick their hooks into you, and then you can't pass it because it's stuck to you. Do you do you feel that? No. Really? Oh yeah, because there's no it's like it's, yeah, there's no real nerves in nerve, small yeah. intestines. You just absorb stuff down there. Technically, they're not inside of you though, right? They're like yeah, it's like what we talked about last time. It's like the donut. They're just in the hole of the donut attached to the inner Because your body is essentially a giant weird shaped donut with the hole going connecting from your mouth to your butthole. Yeah. So they're just like they're just like hanging on in the outside between the two holes. Yeah. That's weird. But like because you pass all your food down there, problems happen. It's interesting. The reason so we talked about why be a parasite, what's the benefit? Well, tapeworms can't synthesize lipids. They literally just can't make any fatty acids. And so they have to absorb them from a host. They're thieves. S- super weird. Why can't they just eat them? I just, they On just their don't. Own. So. Like, we eat them. I mean, we can make them too, but like... Where's the they do eat them. Get fat? I guess they need they it just them. like... They just eat them after we ate them. They just need them constantly, I guess. Because we can make our own. Yep. So yep. we don't have to always be eating them. But if they can't synthesize them at all, they just need like a constant influx of them. So they need to be like hanging out. Um, that's yeah. actually the uh, noise that taperms make. <laughs> do that again. <laughs> I can't. My mouth dried up. <laughs> <laughs> you got nervous. I was inhaling too much air in the process of that. So, tapeworms... They absorb food through their skin. Oh? They have Oh, that reduced... explains they can just shove their head into the wall of your stomach. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have any mouths. I really thought about that. <laughs> Basically, they, uh, they have reduced digestive systems, absorb food through their skin, and each of their segments, they're in a group of organisms called platyhelminthes, which are flatworms. Sorry, you're going to have to say that they word They have again. a bunch of platyhelminthes. Platy- <laughs> Dear God. Helminthes. Platyhelminthes. Oh, totally different. Um, <laughs> They have a bunch of segments called proglottids, and each of these segments has an independent digestive tract what? and reproductive system. Uh, what? They grow them from their, the neck section of their scolex, and so they push the older ones farther down the line. <laughs> so the segment that's at the end of the tapeworm's body is the oldest. That's literally the weirdest thing in the world. So it gets weirder. Well. Uh, are they so they know the, the butthole first and the mouth hole first things? Do they even have hole. They are count? protostomes and their mouth forms first. Yeah. Okay. And, they okay. Grow and their butt grows out. But the they're direction. very highly modified. What okay. about waste? It's just poop. It's just I don't just, know. I, That's a good question. I, I was like ugh. learning about tapeworm anatomy and I couldn't figure out what happened to their poop. Uh, it's probably like <laughs> a human centipede, right? Probably. Actually, they just pass it along from one digestive system to the other one. So, it gets weirder. Tapeworms are hermaphroditic, which means that they contain both male and female (laughs) reproductive organs. I would think that that would be important for an organism that lives inside another organism because it would be hard to encounter other organisms that are the same as you. Nice point. Except mainly they reproduce with other things because it's not healthy genetically to self-reproduce, although they do it. Because each of their 
reproductive systems in each proglottid has its own reproductive system and they can just produce sperm and just shoots off and goes into another proglottid and fertilizes eggs in that one but do they have so they can't DNA? self-fertilize no yeah they have to find yeah. another tapeworm a lot oh yeah oh what how yeah. i don't know this oh is another God. question i could not answer <laughs> um, what the hell yeah they're really fucking weird so eventually, so I talked about how as they as the proglottids, the segments age, they get pushed down to the back of the tapeworm, right? Mm-hmm. Well, once the eggs are fertilized, the, the proglottid stops working as a digestive system and becomes basically an egg sac. And when it gets old enough, it just falls off. Uh. And then you just poop it out. And so you just poop out an egg sac. Is that like its, its final butt one? Will the be or just will it like lose a segment halfway along its way? No, it loses. Yeah, no, it loses the very end one. Yeah, the very um, end segment. So also, they so they don't have digestive tracts. They just have like that. Like so, you said like they absorb nutrients through their skin. They also pass nutrients out through their skin. Perfect. Oh, there we so go. So just like each individual segment, like it's process, just a membrane. It like gets nutrients in, processes like whatever it can from them, and then excretes the waste back out. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. You know, I think I heard somewhere that. People earlier in the century, or no, earlier in the 1900s, would um, purposefully take tapeworms so oh, that yeah. they wouldn't have gain any weight when yep. they're eating random shit. It was a thing for like I saw like uh, those like crazy 1950s housewife ads that are like, "Is your husband sick of you being fat and crying all the time? Uh, <laughs> take a tapeworm. <laughs> <laughs> He'll keep you company." Guys, imagine if we just like exuded poop from our pores. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh Jesus, that's disgusting. <laughs> Oh wow, god, that makes nice me really. That they hard. live in a place that we already make poop because <laughs> otherwise, how convenient that would be. That would be real bros. significantly. I mean, at least you know, like it could be much worse. We could just die of sepsis pretty much immediately upon getting a tapeworm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but they don't hurt us that much. They sit in our body and they absorb our. Uh, they absorb our food and take some of our nutrients. So what you're saying is all those 50s housewives had it right. Yeah, actually a little <laughs> bit. Although I'm not sure how much the how much they absorb and how it more it's it's less likely to have be good at weight control and more likely to give you a nutrient deficiency. Yeah. <laughs> so, yum. It's worse for the intermediate host. We and other animals are the definitive host. The adult tapeworm is the big worm that lives inside its intestines, right? But once those eggs drop out, they get eaten by something else, the intermediate host. <sighs> the eggs hatch, and juvenile tapeworms are far worse than adult tapeworms. Oh, no. Instead of sitting in your intestines and chilling and eating some of your food and not really hurting you much, juveniles enter through the mouth and migrate their way through the body and insist inside muscles. Oh, God. Potentially irreparably damaging them. What? They just grow. They just like basically turn into this like cyst form that's like a hard cyst. Cyst. Yeah, I don't know how (laughs) else to describe it. And just sit in the muscle. And then the definitive host eats an infected animal and it's not cooked properly. So the cyst isn't dead. Oh, you ingest it and then it becomes an adult in your stomach. The way you get a tapeworm in the first place is just you eat something else's poop. Or no, no, you. Oh, 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 yeah. If you're talking about eggs, the juvenile. Yes. You I mean, how do you, get, how do you get any tapeworm? So the way you get an adult tapeworm yeah. is you eat something that already ate a juvenile tapeworm and has the tapeworm in their muscles. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you eat the muscle of oh, flesh. Oh, yeah, to get the adult. Yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, 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 meat is muscle. So. 
So don't eat poop, guys. Well, no, that's a good reason. Not also, to don't eat uncooked meat. But that's yeah, the like real. More thing. importantly, cook your meat. So it's more like get... cows accidentally eat tapeworm eggs because they're like sitting on the grass. I was having a conversation with Andy the other day. I was like, you can eat meat, but you, you can't eat oh raw meat. Like you can eat you can eat raw meat, but you can't eat raw meat. And she was like, I don't get it. And then like went on for a while. I was like, I'm agreeing with you. She agreed that we can't eat meat, but she's like, you can't eat meat. I was like, but you, but you can eat raw meat. And all I meant is that, like, it's not good for you. And this is, this is yeah, why. I mean, like, it's, you, you can. It's just that there's so many things that are trying to kill you that live inside of raw meat. <laughs> yes. It'd be a like bad idea. tapeworm cysts. <laughs> Guys. I guess I'm not trying to kill you. I hope you're prepared because tapeworms are actually one of the more straightforward and less ugly kind of parasites that we're going to talk about today. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. The yeah. next one. Let's talk about saculina. Wait, there was a thing. Oh, in, you got uh, something? Yeah. Apparently, a tapeworm gave its host cancer by accident one time because it had cancer, and it like just rep- it, it cells. It had it didn't. The guy didn't get cancer. He had tapeworm cancer inside of him. Oh. That like because all the cells were too small to be human, and he had like tumors that were made out of tapeworm cells, and it was super oh, weird. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's so fucking That's bizarre. Bizarre. What? That's pretty weird. Where were the cells growing in his body? Uh, everywhere. Ugh. That's why he died. That's the weirdest mm. thing I've heard in a really long time. Yep. Fun yeah. fact. I feel like I'm going to hear more weird things before this hour is up. For sure. Oh, great. It's absolutely correct. All right. I guess uh, let's just go this on. This next parasite, the, we're the marching into the world of arthropods. Saculina. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's the world of arthropods. I don't know. It just like, sounds like a, a museum exhibit that's just like, <laughs> yeah, welcome I'm... to the world of arthropods. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some freaking crabs. They got like a bucket. big mural of a crab. <laughs> <laughs> the lights go dim. <laughs> it's like one of those like actual Velvet presentations curtain. of the museum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like holograms of shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> just flute in a boot. So, we're going to talk about a... <laughs> Did you become fake Canadian? <laughs> I just like saying a boot. Why is there so much Play-Doh in here? Yo, wait, what, what the fuck? That's a good question. There's just Play-Doh There's everywhere. like two separate jars of Play-Doh. I'm concerned, I'm concerned that this was used... In Big Red Banter. In Big Red Banter, and yeah. I don't want to touch it anymore. Oh, yeah, gosh. you might not want to smell that, Dave. <laughs> well, it smelled like Play-Doh, which is delicious. Anyway, <laughs> Saculina. This is a type of barnacle... Ooh. Barnacles are crustaceans. Okay. Um, usually they just adhere to like rocks, sit there and do nothing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> these guys favorite. are these guys are much, much worse. Oh. God, I just you just prepare yourself, okay? Oh no. The larval stage of Saculina attaches itself to a crab. Okay. It uses these little things called antennules. They're like antenna, but little graspy things. They attach to the body of a crab. Antennules? They're just yeah. like antennas that are grabby. Yeah. And so they're like not just sensory. They're like grippy. Yeah. And so they're antennules instead of antennae. Yeah. <laughs> and they walk along the body of a crab until they find a joint. And then what they do is they... Oh, God. So... Oh God, I just don't... All right. So they had to go metamorphosis. <laughs> you go you have to be strong. Babe. I know. I know. <laughs> You're the only. <laughs> it's so weird, though. They, so they attach to the crab. And oh my god, they, we have so many parasites. Yeah, we're not going to be able to do all I know. of these. Let's go quick. So they undergo metamorphosis and enter a form called a kentragon, where they lose their swimming legs and the muscles that are attached to the swimming legs. Basically, they become a, an undifferentiated cell mass. 
Okay. And then what they do is they inoculate themselves into the hemocele of the crab. They break in and shoot their whole body into the bloodstream. Well, crabs don't really have bloodstream. It's an open circulatory system. So it's basically a bunch of goop inside. They just squirt <laughs> in there and they migrate towards the, uh, the they nerve They migrate cord. through the yes. quotation bloodstream. Yeah, the hemocele is what it's called. Okay. So they go to the nerve cord of the crab and they go just dorsal oh, to no. it. Which means lower to the stomach. Um, they grow for a bit, and then eventually they break through the body of the crab again, break outwards, and become an externa, and basically put their whole undifferentiated cell mass globule thing just hanging under the underside of the crab. <laughs> Which this this attracts males that um, deliver Why? sperm. Why does that attract males? <laughs> It attracts male, uh, the sacculina, oh. not other oh. crabs. But it's interesting because the externa, this body of the parasite, is the exact same size and position of a crab egg sac. So it breaks through the body of the crab and hangs exactly where a crab's egg sac, crab's egg sac would be. And the crab carries it like it's its own. Because inside the body, the undifferentiated cell mass is the kentragon is releasing hormones that trick the crab into thinking it has eggs. Oh my god. Even if the crab is male. Ah, What the fuck? Eventually, (laughs) eventually, the parasite is fertilized and it releases eggs and it tells the crab to do what the crab would do when it releases eggs. So when a crab releases eggs, they flick their arms around to churn up the water to get a flow going. And when the parasite releases its eggs, it tells the crab to do the same thing. Oh my this God. This happens to crabs, male or female. If it's a male crab, it gets castrated and then is completely feminized. The body of the crab becomes more feminized, smaller, it's like chemically longer, castrated. Chemically castrated. Oh my God. And <laughs> male shit. crabs... Will be tricked into doing female mating dances what the fuck? with this parasite inside them. I'm a biologist and I'm freaked the fuck out. <laughs> it is so weird, just so fucking bizarre that they do this, dude. No, I can't. this is horrible. An analogy would be if this thing broke into your body, stayed there for a while, then busted out where your penis was, hung there like it was your baby, and then you took care of it. This is not a good analogy. It make any okay, sense. I think it would make more sense if um, it went into you, into your, your uterus, stomach, maybe, yeah, okay. and, and yeah, made, it, right. made you think you were pregnant. But then and also then, castrated you. And, well, yeah, and, and when also it came castrated out, it convinced you. everyone that you, it was just a baby, <laughs> and your doctor pulled it out, and you raised it as your own, but it was just an undifferentiated cell mass. <laughs> What the fuck? Also, it's just an undifferentiated cell mass. What the fuck? Yep. Ha- like, that's I'm the creepiest part of it all. It's just a blob. It just doesn't the have blob it. Because, like, it a blob. Life. Yep. Essentially. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> There's worse ones. No. Though. Um, this one is actually kind of famous, so people may have heard this one before. It's called Cynothoa exigua. What it is, is it's uh, an isopod, which means it's a louse. So, again, a type of arthropod. <laughs> These guys are also very strange. Juveniles attached to the f- attached to the gills of a fish. They just swim around until they find a fish and grab on to where the gills are, and they become males. Oh. Yeah. No. 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 Um. They just will become males if they are okay. not already males. Okay. They will change their sex as What's they attach the to a fish gill. What's the point in being not male? So they just arbitrarily become male. 
as they mature, mm. they become females. Mm. I don't know why. <laughs> I Literally, mating of these things occurs in the gills of the fish. So they're just like hanging out with the gills of the fish. And males are there and females are there. And they mate and reproduce and it's all fine and good. And males, just as they get older, they just become females. I don't know why, but they do. Because okay. females are wiser than males or something, so they have to be older to become that way. Or Can confirm. <laughs> so, oh God. fish Kidding. have a big mouth, and at the back of the mouth are the gills. The gills are directly attached to the mouth. It's like an opening straight from the back of the mouth. So basically, it's, okay. like, it's not like a separate thing. So you can get to the mouth from the gills. And so what these things do, these cymathoans, they make their way to the mouth, and... Attach itself to the fish's tongue. Oh, no, I know this one. And then extracts blood from the tongue to feed on uh, until the tongue eventually atrophies uh, and falls off. It gets worse. It gets worse. Um, it gets so much worse. <laughs> so much worse. If that wasn't enough, that it eats your tongue from the back of your... It crawls <laughs> up from the back of the fish's throat and eats its tongue. It then attaches itself to the tongue nub, to what used to be the tongue, and just sits there for the rest of its life. And pretends to be a motherfucking tongue. <laughs> I mean, at least it replaces the tongue, right? Actually, the fish can point. use yeah. it as a tongue. Right. It, like, yeah. is used the same Kinda way. Like it's fish, doing its own thing, but, you know. It attaches itself to the muscles of the tongue, and apparently fish use it just fine. It's just like Probably movie, even better uh, than their tongue. Kung, 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 like Kung <laughs> yeah. where he's got the little living tongue inside of his mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tonguey. <laughs> That's what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, what a great movie that was. <laughs> Apparently, a sequel is maybe actually finally in development. I'm really? Rumored to have been oh in development my. for like five years, ten, a while. <laughs> <laughs> so many long. Are we going to jump right into this most awfulest one in the world, or should we do... So? Oh, no, these are all pretty bad. Literally, all of them are horrifying. Literally, oh, so we basically made a list of parasites today, and every single one of them is like as horrifying as I could possibly find. Like, it's there are plenty of examples thing, of like... like like, like what? Why are they? I guess. Why it's just was that lifestyle of living as a tongue selected for? <laughs> Free I mean, food. So there seems to be like a common-ish trend of like inserting yourself at some point into the digestive tract. So like the tongue's a pretty good place because it's completely undigested. So you get to you get all of the nutrients that you want. You're gonna say something, Taylor? Oh, no, I was just thinking. Wasn't there a weird fish that swims up the penis of? Or no, no, it's yeah. the warmer. So there's a there's this little spiky fish thing <laughs> yeah. that uh, it it is attracted to the ammonia that comes out of fish's gills and will swim into the gills and go whoosh, and spike itself there and hang out there for a while and just kind of like feed off some aspect of the fish. Mm. And Jesus then Christ. if you go into the Amazon and you urinate into a water where this thing is, and this happened to some person. I know, I've heard this. It was attracted to the ammonia, swum up his urethra, and whoosh, and got stuck. How do you, how do you, how do you get it out? I don't, they did surgery on his penis. I don't know how they did it. But I feel so bad because I'm laughing, but I just can't understand. Oh, God. I mean, that could happen terrible. to a woman, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck oh you. God. Yeah, oh that's God. right. I can't possibly understand it. Well, Here imagine it happened to you. <laughs> And now you're where we are. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, no, the, the Shane brings up a good point. Yeah. There's a very common theme of parasites. The reason they're parasites is because they want food and they want to do it without having to work for it. And so they do it. They have something they attach to, something that's already going to give them food anyway. Conveniently enough, too, like one of the easiest ways to get a parasite is to put it in the thing you put 
other things in. You just put it in your mouth. Yeah. Right, you put yeah. something in your mouth and it's just there. So that's it's very right. That's actually how you get most mouth. parasites. <laughs> so it all works out well. It's just the whole way life works is kind of oriented towards this right. happening. <laughs> yeah. That's so horrible. I'm going to talk about one now. Go, go. It's Toxoplasma gondii. <laughs> Thank you for pronouncing call it correctly. T from now on, I guess. T gondii. <laughs> I'll call it TG, and I'm not meaning the glass transition temperature for anyone who cares. Yeah, literally no one so would have thought. People like, oh, well, I thought wires. you were talking about the glass transition temperature. Jesus, Zach. <laughs> Be more specific next time. All right, so they're a little protozoa type <laughs> what, thing. What is that? So it's like a little uh, crap. It's like a really unicellular thingy, and uh, it was so named back in the day, it's not anymore, is they, it was like a little cell that acted like an animal. So it like it appeared to hunt and feed on things. So it was protozoa, like a the basis of uh, an animal yeah, yeah. type thing. But that's not really its official definition. What is its official? You know, I don't it's know. just like a little, it's it's a a little uc- unicellular it's organism. Unicellular yeah. eukaryotic organism. Turns out it actually means. is an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not an animal. It doesn't have. It's a unicellular. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's not an animal. animal. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not animal. Sorry. It's not an animal. It's an animal. Yeah. So. These things uh, cause toxoplasmosis, which is usually symptomless. Eh, who cares? It's what fine. does that We're mean? Fine. I have no idea what that is. Toxoplasmosis is a thing that it's literally just a, sick, a sickness that this thing causes, but doesn't have any symptoms in your oh. average healthy person. Okay. Uh, what in, are the symptoms in an unhealthy person? Like, so when in you like, get symptoms? In like someone with a compromised immune system, uh, you can basically get like flu-like symptoms and then start to get really sick and die. Um, but uh, in most people, the worst that will happen is you'll have mild flu-like symptoms for like maybe a few weeks. Okay. And it just hangs out. It's just with you. And Great. So um, every time I get the flu now, I'm going to be fucking terrified. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't or be. Or a cold. Because the I mean, flu should, is probably it, scarier than toxoplasmosis. You should be terrified about whether or not right. you have the flu because 30 to 50% of people worldwide have been exposed to and may be chronically infected with it. Wow, that's so many. Okay, we're going to have to talk about this at some point. 84% of people in France... What? That's like most of what? them. What? How? Wait. Yeah. Okay. How do you get it? Uh, so you get it by eating unwashed vegetables, uncooked meat, uh, uh, playing with cat litter. What do you know? Litter. Common theme again. Here we go. <laughs> playing with cat litter, coming into contact I'm with sorry, sewage. I'm sorry. Playing with cat litter? <laughs> yeah. As in like used cat litter? Interacting with cat litter. Yeah. Okay. Used poop. Poop. <laughs> cat so poop. cat poop. Yeah. <laughs> so the definitive so. host of this thing is small cats. So like oh. house cat. Okay. Although, so actually, having a house cat doesn't increase your risk very much at all of getting this, which is kind of strange. But um, probably because most people don't like, you know, play, play with, with their, their cat cats. poop. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, like the optimism. <laughs> <laughs> the definitive host is the small cat because it's the only host in which uh, TG can actually sexually reproduce. Oh, okay. Um, but it can infect pretty much any warm-blooded animal. Wow. Um, and asexually reproduced there. So those, pretty much any warm-blooded animal you can think of that is not a small cat is an intermediate host. Damn, I can't think of any warm-blooded animals besides small cats. <laughs> Completely so, lost. Um, this thing is nuts. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, it does, doesn't. It gives you yeah. flu-like symptoms. So say maybe? you're a cat infected I'm with a cat. TG. <laughs> infected right? with T. Gaudi. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's in your epithelial cells in your small intestine. We talked about that. Nope. I assumed epithelial and thought skin, but I was wrong. It's yeah. It's your. It's what we talked about last time. The little cells with the villi on them in your small intestine. So the parasites just you know Netflix and chill inside the cells. Holy shit! And they just 
They produce these oocysts. 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 Okay, I'm just gonna call them cysts. They're basically egg cysts. Yeah, is what it means. that's what it means. It's like ovocysts, but I guess they get rid of the V for fun. <laughs> Weird. Um, so, they just produce, reproduce with each other sexually, and produce these cysts that have like little, basically, themselves in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Like zygotes, like straight up zygotes of this thing. Okay. And they're very thick walls. So they're cysts. They're hard lumps yeah. of stuff. Um, and then the cell ruptures, the cell they were inhabiting, just tears apart, and the cysts go into the intestines, and the cat poops itself, you know, eventually, right? <laughs> and so the cysts fall out wherever they fall out, get washed away to wherever, and can survive for months in any what? kind of weather, just what? hanging out. Because they're cysts. They're like oh, yeah, hard. it's like yeah. a hard. Okay, yep. that makes sense. So, you know, the next thing that happens is another animal comes along and accidentally eats some of the poop. You know, contaminated water that you drink, unwashed vegetables, uncooked meat. Uh, that's actually a different thing. That comes later. That's a different way of getting it. Uh, you wouldn't, you would presumably would not have cat poop eaten to meat and then forget <laughs> to cook it out. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest stop of that is that you'd have to cook it out. So not a problem having cat poop on your food. <laughs> so say the next thing that happens is that a rodent consumes the cat poop by accident in some okay. way. It washes down somewhere and the rodent's like, I'm thirsty, blah, blah, blah. Now it has this parasite, right? Okay. So it goes into the stomach and small intestine and then the stomach dissolves the cyst right. and lets out the insides. Fuck. <laughs> and so these sporozoites, <laughs> exactly. which are just infective, the only thing these infective fuck. spores basically just go into the epithelial cells uh, of the rats, right? Okay. Then they basically differentiate into some things that are more mobile and can multiply much more rapidly and they spread all over the whole body. So oh they God. can basically uh, go into the bloodstream and just go everywhere, like into your muscles and your brain. Importantly, no. to your brain. Ugh. We'll talk about what happens with that, too. So then oh, you're what do you mean? What ha the things happen there? Yeah, we'll talk oh, about Jesus. that. So then the, uh, the host's immune system, so in this case the rodent, is like, dude, stop. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay, I'm slowing down. I'll chill out. And it kind of just like turns into another version of itself that reproduces way more slowly and is like semi-dormant. So your immune system's like, Oh, okay, this is fine. Oh and it doesn't really no. try to actively tear it apart as much. So uh, then they cluster <laughs> together and they form cysts again oh in God. your cells inside oh of no. little vacuoles that it makes to protect itself from okay. anything that's going on in your cell. So it's basically isolated inside a cell, inside your body, hanging out, right? And uh, it's just these cysts can last like the lifetime of a host, like one cyst could just hang out. But usually what happens is some fraction of them burst, go through their life cycle a little bit again, part of it, and then just re, re in your body. So once you have them, you pretty much have them. Um, oh, God. Yeah. How no do vaccine. things yeah. develop these complex evolutionary <sighs> pathways? This is just so crazy. I don't it's know. It's like so bizarre. Weird. So let's get to the weird part about this. Oh, God. So, oh, first of all, these cysts are like 5 to 50 microns in diameter, so some, some fraction of a width of a human hair. Like oh, God. Size, but yes, they're pretty small. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah, you can't, like, that's treat so it. so small. So we, we, there's no vaccine for us for this thing. We have one for sheep. Um, <laughs> protects them for a lifetime. <laughs> we don't have one, though. You're telling me we don't have a vaccine for human toxoplasmosis, but we have a vaccine for sheep toxic <laughs> Priorities, people! I don't know, man. Yo, listen, it was real important that we didn't lose any of our wool. Let's <laughs> so. be really bad. <laughs> <laughs> now they're... <laughs> oh, <laughs> God! Oh. Everyone just doubled over in physical pain. <laughs> it's, it's funny that bad puns actually get more of a reaction from us than, like, 
tapeworms. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we could be like squealing and growing from tapeworms, but no, we're, we're going to get the bad puns. So, now you've got this organism floating around in your brain, right? Great. Well, in a rodent's brain, actually. Yeah. Could be in yours, too. Let's talk <laughs> about that. Um, so, it's there, and then it can literally induce epigenetic changes to your brain what structure. What the fuck? Using chemistry. It just, like, bloop, no. just shoots some chemicals around, no. screws you up. And so, all and of a sudden... what does that do? All of a sudden, this, this rat has a slightly altered brain that does two major things. One decreases its, or no, increases its reaction time, so it reacts to things more slowly. Okay. And two, it either becomes less averse to or more inclined to go towards cat urine. <laughs> huh. It literally makes it stupider and, like, put itself in more risk. Yes. It literally is doing that to make sure that it can get the, the toxoplasma. It can get back into a cat oh, so it can no. sexually reproduce uh, to have better genetic diversity. Rat, and it's going to make the rat do stupid shit and be more easily <laughs> caught. insane. Uh. Do you understand that, like, human scientists are, like, just now at the point where we can in- induce those, like, epigenetic yep. changes? And this thing, like, probably has... It by millions of years? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, has probably the simplest mechanisms you could possibly have that allow it to do only that and pretty much nothing else. Yep. So, interestingly enough, uh, in humans, oh no. Oh god. They've done studies. <laughs> people, they got a group of like 200 people, right? And like 30 something of them had it and 130, 160 whatever didn't, right? And uh, they basically they the people who were infected didn't know they were infected. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the people running the study knew they were infected who was infected at the time. Um, and they just gave them urine samples to smell um, from like horses and cats and tigers and I hyenas know exactly and what's gonna happen bears here. and oh. there was no change in like how much people cared for the urine of any other animal except for cats oh my god they're ah. doing it to us too men were like dude this cat piss smells way better now and women were like wow this cat piss smells way worse now so weirdly opposite. Weird. I don't know what happened. That's, there. that's strange. strange. I mean, I, I'm not super surprised that the epigenetic changes don't perfectly analogously work in humans. It is yeah. weird that they have the exact opposite mm-hmm. response in <gasps> women. But what the oh fuck? Oh god, that's yep. the worst. Like, I could have a tapeworm in body. You know, I could, I could deal with having my tongue be an isopod. But you making me like cat piss? No, <laughs> that's where I draw the line. That, that's where you draw the line. So. Uh, Infection with this parasite has also been associated with certain neurological disorders like schizophrenia. Oh fuck! So not like linked like... to, not a cause of. Okay. Statistically associated with. Okay. So we'll see what happens so with that. So potentially, maybe to... some of those the, the hypothesis is that maybe yep. some of the chemicals. There's also that been your brain some structure. correlationary studies <sighs> that uh, people who are infected with this have like uh, up to a 2.65 times greater risk of getting in a car accident. Right, because you have potentially higher. Oh my God! Because of the reflection time. That's yeah. <laughs> what? Yep. And this is like eighty-four percent of French people. <laughs> that explains so much. Yeah. No wonder they like cat piss. <laughs> Every French guy wow. I've ever known. Wait, that's really fucked up. Yeah. Oh, oh no! God, this what is terrifying. <laughs> Why like don't so we have common. a vaccine yet? Because we didn't know it was a problem. I don't think. <laughs> Holy shit. This oh, is yeah. insane. 
be aware that you maybe have like irreparable brain screwed upiness as and a result of what? GG. Be aware, but you can't do anything yeah, no, about it. Yeah, no, you can't it. do anything about it. Well, you can... So, oh, the other thing is, like, in rodents, they insist in their muscles, and the cat eats them. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then, so, yeah, cook your meat, wash your vegetables, don't drink contaminated water, don't play in raw sewage. <laughs> Damn um, it! Those are my hobbies. <laughs> yeah, so that'll probably keep you relatively... Don't you, play in raw sewage while eating unwashed vegetables. If you play with your cat's butthole and or poop, make sure to wash your hands. Don't touch your eyes or mouth or anything. Don't play with your cat's you know? butthole. Don't... Wait, no. <laughs> don't tell people good tips for how to avoid getting toxoplasmosis by cleaning after you touch a cat's butthole. Don't touch a cat's butthole. What? But if you have to clean it well, out That's where you should start. I don't know how cats work if they're cats. Yeah, right. so that's, that's that. Taylor. Well, that was horrible. Oh, this yeah. next parasite you have a very deep connection with. <laughs> so let's talk about botflies. Intimate connection, might I say. Oh, I'm so excited to get to finally talk about this <laughs> on air. This is great. Yes. Okay. All right. So botflies are really interesting parasite. Can confirm. So dermatobia <laughs> fly eggs have been shown to be vectored in over 40 species of mosquitoes and flies. Um, as well as species of tick. So what happens is um, botflies will capture other insects or mosquitoes or flies, and they'll lay their eggs on those so that they can be transmitted to different hosts. What? Yeah. They just like grab a mosquito, come here, and just stick <laughs> eggs here, on yeah. it and then let it go? Um, yep, what so the they fuck? release it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they the have fuck? a bunch of other hosts, uh, some mammalian, a lot of birds. So I've been working at field sites, and you find these little birds that are covered in like 20 botfly cysts. Uh, so usually the poor thing doesn't make it because there's just this host to so many botflies. Uh, no. It's really, really creepy. But um, yeah, so the released mosquito or fly or whatever the botfly caught um, is let go. The mosquito or fly lands on something else, transmits its eggs, and yeah, the eggs hatch when the mosquito is feeding. And so the larvae use the mosquito bite as an entry point oh, fuck. to drop in and oh, start God. developing oh, Jesus. in the skin of whatever this mosquito or I wasn't fly itchy, has landed on. But now yeah, it's itchy. Dave's like frantically yeah. itching his arm. So now he's like growing a cyst. Oh my God, Dave. Oh, stop. What is stop. that? It's just a freckle! <laughs> Okay, okay, but yeah, so the larvae develop inside the subcutaneous layers, and after approximately eight weeks, they pop out of the skin of whatever they are developing in, and they pupate in the soil, and then become a fly and start this whole process over again. Oh, God. Yep, so the adults are large flies, almost as large as bumblebees. So, you know, the cute, like, little black bees that fly around? Oh oh They're that adorable. big! Holy Whatever. shit, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah, no. but the, like, flies themselves, the bot flies, are easily recognized because they lack mouth parts, or, like, true mouth parts, because they're just catching things and laying their eggs on it. Oh, weird. Now, the adults don't <laughs> feed. Okay, oh, so God. you should see their faces right now, because they're already squirming, but I'm about to tell you guys a creepy story. No. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so once upon a time... Taylor went It actually to, starts with Once Upon a Time. I, I feel know, like this is not going to be your average fairy tale. <laughs> <laughs> Once Upon a Time, I went to Costa Rica to do some field work at La Selva Biological Institute, which is this really cool place where it has true rainforest so you can study all these really awesome Costa Rican birds. So I get to La Selva, I do my field work, and uh, spent about seven-ish days there and left 
on a plane going back. I noticed that I had kind of an itchy bump oh, Jesus on the back of my scalp. Oh, and I was God. like, huh, that's kind of weird. I bet I was bitten by a mosquito or something, you know, the last day I was there. Ah, don't think anything of it. Okay, bump gets bigger over like a couple of weeks. And I'm like, oh man, this, this kind of hurts a lot. Like maybe I should go get it checked out. So I go to Gannett. Gannett thinks it's an infection, so they pump me full of antibiotics. Oh God, Gannett has no idea how to hit. Oh, that's so funny. No, no, no. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, so I just got back from Costa Rica, and I have this weird bump, and I don't know what it is. Can you take a look? But anyway, so I get pumped full of I mean, antibiotics. that's probably not an unreasonable. Yeah, it probably that's... looked exactly like an infection. Yeah, because yeah. it was like an open sore, according to the people who were looking at it. Ugh. And yeah. so, yeah, it must have looked infection-like. Yeah. Okay. So, like, a couple weeks later, it's still yeah. there. No antibiotics are working. I tried two different ones. Oh, shit. In <laughs> Finally, I got referred to a surgeon to have this thing lanced. And so this guy is taking a look at the back of my head and he kind of pauses and I'm like, ah, shit, he totally found something. And he's like, yeah, so I'll be right back. Goes oh, to the other no. room. Oh, God. YouTube's what bot fly infections look like. Oh, comes back and he's my like, God. so Taylor, <clears throat> you're standing. Okay. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, there's about four bot flies in your head that I can see. And, uh, oh, no! <laughs> 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 yes, so uh, we're going to make you an appointment for tomorrow, and uh, we're going to take those things out of your head. So uh, You were just like, no, get me in now. <laughs> I kind of was, yeah, because um, he could tell that they were there because he could see the, the spiracles that come out of the, the holes that they make, like the, the crevices. Tube. Yeah, so they have these breathing tubes that they send up, like little wormy things, uh, just breathing out of my scalp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I was like, please get these out. So I go in the next day. It's like that old trick with the straw under yeah, the Yeah, underwater. <laughs> under your skin I know, and the fly. I know, like maggot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I go in the next day, and it was actually kind of a fun experience because, you know, like the nurses are in there YouTubing it. Like, um, How do I had it on their fly? Phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. then they recorded it. They kept some specimens because they were so proud. Like, I bet I'm on YouTube somewhere famous for my bot fly extraction. Oh, God. But, uh, There's worse things to be YouTube famous for. Yeah, well, they actually missed two, so I had to go back in like oh, a week Jesus later because no I still felt them. So that was my intimate bot fly story. How big were they? Okay, so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already sitting, I would sit down. <laughs> they were like over a centimeter long. It was <laughs> so gross. Sorry, I'm not uh, European. What? How long is that? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, it was like. um Okay, I'm looking at my pointer finger. You see the first little line uh -huh. that goes, yeah, they're like that big. Oh, it's like uh, an inch divided by 2.54. Oh, it. yeah, there you go. <laughs> so it's like half an inch? Yeah, it's like yeah, half okay. an inch. There you go. Well, oh, God. Yeah, even more Wait. than that. They're like, I don't know. So they're like alive under your skin, right? Do you like? Yeah, they were, you could totally feel them, too. <sighs> like, I knew something was up. Like, I kind of was expecting the bot fly thing. What did it feel like? It just, like, it felt like this, like... All right, this is gross, but it felt like this really painful scraping sometimes. Like I think when they oh were God. moving. Oh God! <laughs> oh, eating you! They're no. eating you! They are literally biting off pieces of your skin and eating you. It it hurt. Oh God! Like, and this was last semester too. So I'd like go to class and lecture, and I was like, I can't concentrate because my bot flies. <laughs> oh God! What the fuck? How, wait, how many did you end up having? Five. Holy Wait, shit. so they extracted three, and then how long did it take for you to realize there were still two left? <laughs> Only a couple of days, but it took them a little while to schedule me an appointment. Fuck. <laughs> That's awful. It was, yeah, it was pretty good. How did you sleep at night? Um, I would have been like, I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> I was so afraid they'd pupate, and then I'd start this epidemic, <laughs> and 
Ithaca, New York. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so as soon as I found out that they were, Too like, cold. all up in there, I was like, all right, wearing a hat. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, my what God. What the fuck? Put your head in a bread bag while you sleep. And <laughs> try to capture one. Interrogate him. You should have let him grow to like adult size and then like kept him. Biologists do do that. You like should have done that. No, you shouldn't have fucking done that. What is wrong with you? I kind of want a bot fly. Confession time. No. What would you name him? One day Dave's going to end the world. Because he's going to, because you're going to keep some insanely like, like something with like an incredible propensity for like, like, yeah, there's like, well, no, it's just going to be some sort of like virus or bug or bacteria that like, could kill everyone. I get really excited but about it. I just keep it in my room. And Dave will just keep it in his fucking room. And then one day it'll like infect some idiot who doesn't know what it is. And then everyone will die. And it'll be Dave's fault. Worth Because he thought it was cute. Worth it. <laughs> Zach's like checking his skin now. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't so we talked quick. about how to uh, how to avoid getting these things. You know, if, if you don't want bot flies, it's not one of those just don't eat uncooked meats. No, basically avoid the entire southern hemisphere. <laughs> That's easy for me. It's fine. Okay, how about how about we talk about one that's like really chill and a parasite, but not scary or gross? But please, yes, okay. please. Malaria. No, we're gonna talk about malaria in a sec. Right now, we're gonna talk about mistletoe. Real quick, little break. Mistletoe is a parasitic plant. What? It grows on other plants and saps their nutrients. Oh, yes. Yeah. Fuck off. Um, it has, it's called a hemiparasite. It's another term. Hemi meaning half. Basically, the mistletoe it has some photosynthetic ability still. But it's interesting because Taylor actually talked about this. You want to mention about the bird plant thing? How does that? What is this? Yeah, so they have a really interesting symbiotic relationship with birds because some birds rely on eating the mistletoe berries. And then what happens is it produces this really kind of sticky, gross poop. And so birds will run around on branches and poop, and sometimes um, <laughs> some of it's still kind of sticking to their cloaca, so they'll drag their little Poop-hole. butts on on um, branches and spread mistletoe this way because the seeds are in their poop. <gasps> like a dog like, sc- scrubbing its ass on the carpet. That's literally what I'm picturing right now. It's like a little bird rubbing on a branch. That's so funny. So Taylor looked up the etymology for this, and holy shit, I was crying. It comes from the word missile, meaning dung, and tan, meaning twig, because it was most often seen in places where the birds left droppings. So, mistletoe literally means shit stick. <laughs> and and over the holidays, that's the thing that we you kiss over under. our heads, and we kiss under it, and it's romantic and beautiful stick. under a thing literally called shit stick. So, boy, beautiful. do I love ruining Christmas. It's so ruining Christmas so much better for All me. Right, let's talk about malaria. Okay, let's talk Back about Back to the fun stuff. Oh, God. So, malaria is the disease caused by the plasmodium parasite, which is another real tiny kind of protozoa-type mother, mother schwanker. Um, and uh, so, malaria, as you all know, I'm sure, causes fever, fatigue, vomiting, headaches, seizures, and death. Um <laughs> What was that? Uh, was that last one? <laughs> yeah, I can kill you. It's real bad. It's actually a huge problem. Yeah. It's okay. So I'm just gonna read this thing directly quoted from Wikipedia. Um, so the high mortality and morbidity caused by malaria, especially that. Wait, caused, what's the difference between mortality and morbidity? Uh, one is actually dying, and the other one is something else. Okay. That's. I don't really care that much. I, I forget. No, that's an interesting thing. So morbidity is. Uh, oh, how how many people like get it? Oh, okay. And then mortality is how many people die from it. Um, so morbidity is sickness prevalence, and mortality is death prevalence. Gotcha. Um, so uh, the high mortality and morbidity caused by malaria, especially one specific uh, 
Plasmodium, has placed the greatest selective pressure on the human genome in recent history. Several genetic factors provide some resistance to it, including the sickle cell trait, thalassemia traits, and then some other deficiencies and weird antigens. Basically, some, a bunch of weird crap has happened in human bodies as a result of this Whoa. being such a huge To issue. react to malaria because yeah. it's... Yeah. Because it's so bad. Um, and then it's also, like, really resistant to drugs. So, like, we've come up with some things to treat it, and it's becoming resistant to them, yeah. even, like, the most powerful ones. So this is, yeah. like, a huge problem. Like, it's real bad. So it's spread by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are its vector. Basically means it just transports it everywhere. And so it has two definitive hosts. One is the mosquito, and the other one is just a, any vertebrate, basically, that it can infect. Um, like so it's bitten by the mosquito <coughs> carrying it. So the mosquito basically has it, and then it bites the vertebrate, and uh, it basically just injects from the salivary glands malaria into the this plasmodium into the other host, the yeah. vertebrate host. Um, and then it just it can change into all kinds of forms. So it can has it has a form that can infect red blood cells, a form which grows in the blood cells, a form which divides in the blood cells, uh, another one that can just hang out in your liver for like thirty years. Thirty years? Uh, yeah. Yep. And then basically it spreads through your whole body, and then forms some ones that can sexually reproduce, which then get sucked up by a mosquito when it bites you. So each time they Thus bite carrying you, the they thing. go, oh, here's some diseasey stuff, and I'm going to take some of these old like ones that can sexually reproduce in me. Fuck. And it goes, and then you know the thing goes into the mosquito's stomach. Uh, it moves basically into its salivary glands as a result of that by some magical pathway. And mosquitoes are not negatively affected by it at all. Ah, because it. And that makes them such a freaking powerful vector. They're so good at what they do because it has no detrimental effects on them. They can just literally just mm -hmm. exist. But you know what it does do? It causes them to bite people more frequently. God, what? Not Whoa. people, just in general, has a higher propensity to just bite Is this, a, is this no like way. a chemistry change? Oh, cause for oh parasite? Oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, you know what? I, I get it. You're going to go inside me, <laughs> and you're going to eat some of my food, and you're going to maybe hurt me a little bit, but don't fucking change who I am and what I do. That's some <laughs> bullshit, man. What if we're all infected with parasites that we have no clue about? That is entirely I know, probable, I feel like, which is so I disturbing. Like that. I know, I know. Yeah, I'm becoming more and more... Yeah, that's horrible. So, that's terrifying. Um, they likely uh, evolved from an eat-and-poop parasite, as I call them. Uh, it's parasi <laughs> a parasite that uses the fecal-to-oral root, which is, you know, the it's one... like a tapeworm. Yeah, pretty much all, like a lot of the ones we talked about. Yeah. Um, but eventually, you know, it kind of managed to get into the liver, then figured out how to get into blood cells, and then figured out how to sneak up into the salivary glands, and that's how it could actually get from host to mosquito back and mm. forth. And... Uh, it's just so weird. It's also awful. Yeah. Also, do we talk about sickle cell anemia at all? Because that's a weird thing. Yeah, we did. I mean, I just yeah. We didn't really eh, talk about I it. think that's maybe outside of the. It's it's interesting because like it confers resistance to um, malaria, like what Zach was saying. It's, it's really it's a weird. If you have if you have like one of them or it's something. called the heterozygote advantage. Yeah. What it means is essentially like if you have uh, two copies of the same gene that code for sickle cell anemia that's bad you have anemia if you but it's weird if you don't have it you're very vulnerable to malaria if you, if people who have sickle cell anemia are entirely immune to malaria right because it affects blood cells it changes the shape of blood cells presumably that means that the parasite can't do what it does because it, the yeah. blood cells are different so you're entirely immune but if you're a heterozygote, which means you have one copy of the gene that encodes for uh, sickle cell anemia and one copy that's normal, you're 
immune to malaria, but also you don't have sickle cell anemia. So it's like the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. Because if you don't have Except sickle cell anemia, that if you have a kid with somebody else who's also heterozygote, yeah. your kid will potentially just have sickle cell anemia, and that would be terrible. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> Oh God! What's what's another what's another the good birds. parasite? Oh yeah, the birds. And then we'll talk about the wasps. Taylor, you're the uh, ornithological expert here. You want to talk about brood parasites? <gasps> I would love to because I think these guys are so cool. Okay, so well, I guess brood parasites aren't really in biologists. The... <laughs> what? We get really excited about weird shit. Okay. All right, just wait and listen because this this shit's actually really really it's very cool. Very strange. Oh God. But they like don't fall in the normal category of creepy, scary parasites. Like, oh, okay. It's just That's plain good. Cool. Yeah, we talked about how that. all these like parasites are like weird, tiny, weird organisms. Not not always the case. Parasites could be any size, any kind of creature. There's birds that are parasites, like Taylor's going to talk about right now. All right, go. Yeah, I mean, okay, so brood parasites are birds that, because they don't ever take care of their own young, like they're not capable of raising a young chick brood parasite, they'll dump and lay their eggs in the nests of different bird species. How the hell do you evolve if you can't raise your kids? <laughs> 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 By just like being Well, it didn't have to evolve in one step. It I could know. have gone from poor parental care, and then they were like <laughs> accidentally laid it in an egg, uh, laid an egg in another person's nest, another bird's nest, and they're like, "Wait, fuck, that works." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got an idea. Well, if you think about it too, like you can lay so many eggs and have so many chicks, and not even have to worry about them because they're have to just do any of the work. Not oh, have to do any work because they're just no, in the nest of Yeah, because everybody else has the problem where if you take care of your own kids. The more kids you have, the more shit you got to do to make sure that they live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you oh, can yeah. just even roughly evenly distribute them amongst like other fuckers' nests. And then you don't have to worry about it at all. You just have infinitely many children. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that, too. Like all the other bird species, like the hosts, they're parental care is probably like a really big spectrum whereas like if you're one bird taking care of your chicks you're pretty average year by year of right. how great you are as a parent so really i mean i think it's a really clever way to lay your eggs and have some babies so yeah well let's well, how do they get away with it all right all right so this i mean you're gonna love this shit it's oh, no. it's it's pretty it's pretty aggressive so a lot of rude parasites will destroy the nest of uh, birds or kill the chicks of um, birds that already have some sort of reproductive investment so that they're forced to be like, oh crap, all my eggs disappeared. It's time for me to relay. So the brood parasite will come back, wait for that bird to be in the laying stage, lay its own egg so it can sneak it in, (laughs) and then scoot off. And they've also... Um, evolve these really, really cool races too, where they have eggs that look like their host eggs. But keep in mind, like this is all the same species of bird, but they right. can parasitize like twelve different other birds. So, what? Like, twelve oh. different looking eggs? Like that's just a random number, but I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy, right? That's it's bizarre. Nuts. Also, it's fucked up that it's like, like they're just like, oh, like. I'm going to kill all your children so you think you need more and then sneak mine in there. It's actually worse. <laughs> um, what happens when those eggs get caught? What happens when the uh, host bird catches on? They go, wait a minute, that's not my egg. Well, it's called <laughs> mafia-like behavior where these brood parasites, cuckoos especially, um, what happens is if the host detects and rejects the parasite's egg. Yeah. The host's nest is destroyed. Nestlings are injured or killed. They basically threaten the host bird and say, if you don't take care of my eggs, I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh my God, what the hell? 
But like, okay, that's that is really fucking creepy. But, <laughs> but the hosts aren't totally like defenseless. Like they will do really clever things to try to combat brood parasites from dumping their eggs in their nests. Like there was this one study that I remember getting really excited about reading. A superb fairy wrens who are these small birds from Australia, but they'll actually talk to their embryos before they've hatched out of the eggs teaching them begging calls oh right yeah yeah to ducks ask do for that food. too clever yeah so like the chicks hatch out already like primed to know how to beg for food but the brood parasite that laid the egg in the nest later didn't have that same amount of priming so they're not as great as begging so they'll starve to death hopefully and the real chicks will be fed oh, so clever that's neat yeah also, they're amazing <laughs> also um the nestling itself, the parasite nestling, like the cuckoo baby, will often push other eggs out and other nestlings out. Just push them out of the nest. Just oh, like, yeah, just like bye. <laughs> <laughs> this <is> mine now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So basically, oh, you know, God. we have this similar theme of so parasites. It comes that. down to, I want to do all of the things that things do, and I don't want to do any of the work. <laughs> you want to get all the benefits. I want to get all the benefits the without, doing, without doing any of the work. All right. We should talk about a parasitoid. Yeah. So we talked about how Ooh. all these parasites, their Ooh. goal isn't to kill the host because they <laughs> want to keep living. They want to um, get the food. They want to do what they want to do, you know? But parasitoids, they don't care. They kill the thing eventually. So there's lots of different parasitoid wasps, but I'm going to talk about a specific one called the Emerald Jewel Wasp, oh. Ampulex Compressa. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So, oh, wonderful. Oh, baby. This these is guys a mean are really one. crazy. They, they parasitize roaches. Oh, God. So what they do is the, the female wasp stings the roach twice in two very specific places. Once in the thoracic ganglion to mildly and reversibly paralyze the front legs of the roach. And again in the head ganglion that controls the roach's escape response. So ganglions, ganglions are like... A, basically a bundle of nerves. Yeah. 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 Okay, so... Good. What happens after this happens is the roach starts to groom itself extensively, and then it becomes really slow and sluggish, and it fails to show any of the normal escape responses. It's like, not scared of the wasp anymore. <laughs> then, these wasps are pretty small. They can't, like, pick up the roach and fly it off. What they do is they chew off half of each of the roach's antennae and guide the roach like a leash <laughs> to the, the wasp's fuck? burrow. Then it gets oh. into the burrow, the roach just lays there because it's paralyzed, and the wasp lays an egg on the roach's abdomen, then seals it. Basically, they live in little holes in the ground, little dirt holes in the ground. So they put the roach in there, they lay an egg on it, and then they seal up the entrance. <laughs> the egg hatches, the larva hatches, and it lives off the roach, like, biting it and stuff, until it eventually breaks its way into the abdomen. Oh, my God. Why does it still need to be alive? So it has it food. Rot. It takes a while. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I just, uh, it gets worse. Once inside the body, the larva spends eight days consuming the roach's uh, organs uh, in a specific order <laughs> that allows the roach to live. So it starts with the intestines and then goes to the lungs and then, or I don't know what order it is, but it basically it eats organs in order of important, in order of non-important. So it's like appendix. Yeah. Gall bladder. Yeah. I'm joking. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it starts off with the non vital organs and then goes to the vital ones eventually. Oh, my fucking God. Eight days That's of being horrible. paralyzed with something eating your organs. Oh, God. Eventually, the wasp, fully grown wasp, emerges out Eight of the. Eight days, starring James Franco. Oh, God. <laughs> Except he just dies at the end. Instead of, like, cutting off his own arm yeah. to escape, he just lays there with a thing just eating his. 
Holy God. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so let's go back to these themes. That's that's all the parasites we wanted to talk about. I think we've covered about all the different like styles of parasitism, but basically parasites are fucking bizarre. So we talked about these themes. Why be a parasite? What are the benefits? And all these parasites have a really similar theme. They want to eat. They don't want to do any of the work. So if you live inside something, you can do that, and you don't have to worry about it. You can't synthesize lipids. You live in an intestine. If you, <laughs> no, it's just you know, it's just do that. We should if do. you don't want to hunt for food, you live inside a fish's mouth as the fish's tongue. Wait, so it sounds like the brood <laughs> parasites are more like parasitoid than true no, parasite. because the host is the adult bird that's raising the parasite chick. They yeah. don't want to kill that host. They, they want that host to continue. It. Oh to, right, right, right. Okay. They kill the other chicks. Got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the host itself isn't killed. Gotcha. So. So another if you thing think host in the very oh wait, like, wait I didn't mean parasitoid I meant what's the other word hold on give me a sec uh 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 facultative oh okay so they're like they're like facultative oh, parasites yeah, I guess right? yes. kind of, yeah it would be they yeah. wouldn't necessarily have to be parasites like, they in could theory yeah lay their own eggs and exactly. raise them they, I don't know if they do they know how like yeah I think I think I wouldn't say, I don't know what if, if they're, they just I think laid they're, they're, I mean, parasite nowhere. I mean like birds like cuckoos are pretty fucking smart like they could like like, if, like, forced to, they could conceivably, like, figure it Not out. Not necessarily. Long it might take the... several generations of evolution to refigure mm. that out. But, like, does so, that count as, but that does, does that count as, like, like, relying on, I guess it does. It seems, it seems like a very indirect relationship as opposed to the really other hosts that are, like, literally living yeah. inside you. I mean, it's like... definitely, it's definitely a different form of parasitism than, yeah. like, a tapeworm that literally just lives, because that's, like, the more simple kind of yeah, parasite. Right, right. You're right. It's, it's definitely more direct. complicated yeah parasitic relationship but so we talked another theme we had was how do these parasites affect their hosts beyond like physical things all well, these creepy mental control what the fuck shit. half oh the time it plugs into your body and does some weird hormonal shit that makes you act in a different way which is nuts um the last question the last theme we had was what requirements does being a parasite come with and what kinds of creatures become parasites so all of these parasites have certain things in common some of them like they can't do something, so they have to have something else do it for them. Right. In terms, in cases of obligate parasites, tapeworms can't synthesize lipids; they have to eat other things. Cuckoos can't raise chicks; they have to have another bird do it. Um, I, I, this Sacculina barnacle presumably can't produce its own; can't find a good rock to cling to, so instead lives in the body of a crab. I don't know why that one's iffy. Okay, I'll give you that. It's probably it can't move itself around after leaving, like after maturing. Yeah, so but that's true of all barnacles, and most barnacles just stick to rocks and have no problems. Yeah, well, these ones are, you know, I don't oh, that's know. Like a, yeah, like yeah. dispersal. Right, maybe? like that's for true. some reason they use, need I mean, that yeah. dispersal. It uses yeah. the crab for dispersal. Yeah. So. so yeah, we these parasites are just fucking bizarre the world of parasitism um i took a class called general parasitology taught by dr dwight bowman that is a wonderful class and also a terrifying class (laughs) and you're itchy most days but it's so fun and so (laughs) worth it go take it if you're interested in this stuff he talks about all sorts of different parasites um i have literally in my notes from that class a line that just says what the fucking fuck because (laughs) that is the only response i could give for that day's lecture (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was actually the Sinothoa exigua lecture literally after I have it in all caps takes the place of the fish's tongue what the fuck <laughs> so I was just having a thought that oh no so the size of a parasite is like it tends to be smaller than its host tends to be general. smaller than its host but 
I was thinking like, alright, well an elephant couldn't parasitize a human, that doesn't make any sense. And then I thought, what if like it was some crazy mind control elephant that got you to like <laughs> climb up on its back and hang out there, and it right. sort of fed you with its trunk maybe, and also would like y used your in more intelligent brain to like find things, keep an eye out, maybe like figure some shit out. I don't know... I yeah. haven't fully developed, but like it could happen. Yeah. There could be some crazy. Right. So size isn't really a constraining factor. <laughs> we talked about cuckoos, which are but those normally are of equivalent size, and it's a different type of parasitism. <sighs> I'm talking about like yeah, okay, sure. You're talking about the, like yeah, yeah, very much bigger than the host. A parasite <laughs> being very much bigger than the host. Yeah, I mean it's possible, I'm, but yeah, you're right. Most parasites tend to be smaller than their host, and it makes sense, right? Because you're gonna if you're gonna live in or on a body, you want to be mostly not noticeable. <laughs> yeah, because so lice, for example, is gonna parasitize a rodent and just. <laughs> <laughs> what is it supposed to do? Live on the back of the rodent? <laughs> but exactly. <laughs> if it steps on enough of them. <laughs> oh god. Oh damn! I just realized we missed leeches too. Oh god! There oh, honestly, shit. there are so many parasites. I was amazed. I, I didn't like think yeah. about this. I've heard of like all of these. Well, not true. I've heard about fifty percent of these. Yeah. But I didn't realize we just kept going. There's just more. There's always yeah, more there's parasites. So I mean, more. like I said, I took an entire semester's. Yeah, worth of class and that's not the it. only parasitology class at Cornell. No, it is not. There's <laughs> general parasitology, and there's also veterinary parasitology, where they talk specifically about parasitic things that live inside cats and dogs and horses. Yeah, mm. and cows. Yay! <laughs> Wonderful. We did it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been scientifically speaking. Um, we hope you threw up several times. Um, that was our goal. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you did. Yep. And. Uh, Feel Remember, free to look up more parasites. And don't play with your cat's poop. Special thanks to our <laughs> guest host, Taylor. Yeah, it's my job. pleasure. Woo! What was that? Yeah. You... <laughs> All right, we're going to be signing off because uh, hockey's going to be starting up soon. Hockey, so uh, hockey, we'll hockey, see hockey, you guys, hockey. not next weekend, because I'm out of town for a job interview. Oh. What? what? Oh. We'll be back the weekend after that. First weekend in December.